All right, guys. So it is unbelievably weird how close we are to Selection Sunday. Um, obviously, in a weird up and down year, finally having a tournament. So we're kicking into gear, like we said last week, and we're going to jump through it all. And Taylor, um, we're starting to get more and more of an idea of what March Madness is going to look like in Indianapolis. Um, right, you know, I knew as soon as we closed out last week, there would be some news. Sure enough, there was that fans are now going to be allowed in the tournament, like allowed to the game at 25% capacity, which is so weird to me that the Horizon League is uh, conference room is also in Indianapolis and it's not allowing fans so whatever um and then we also now know that there's going to be uh some teams on standby in case teams can't compete in the ncw tournament so um what yeah it's a i mean it's a crazy year obviously i'm, I'm lucky or we're lucky enough to even be um talking about a tournament this year the yeah, the four teams that, you know, instead of a field of 68, it's going to be essentially a field of 72 came out today about teams that are potentially the top four seeds in the NIT maybe will be, um, you know, sticking around by Selection Sunday to see if teams will be opting out or, you know, a, a COVID case or whatnot, they'll be, won't be able to, be able to play and that those teams will take their spot. It'll be so weird if like a 16 seed opts out and then a random team pops in, like, because they said they're not reseeding it. So um, I think in those situations, they might just call it what it is and forfeit you know, for yeah. both teams. But I think I think it's one of those ideas that they're just being precautious about it because they don't want to lose TV contracts and they don't want to have to fill a spot with a random game. Because um, as you know, they space it out enough where each team gets their own, pretty much their own TV time. Um, but I, I think the uh, overall scheme of it, I don't think we'll see that many teams. If they get to Indianapolis and they test, I think they'll be fine. I think that, I think, because lately a lot of the teams that have been canceled or a lot of the games that have been canceled and stuff haven't been like, the game is canceled and this team's going on pause. It's just this game's being canceled because they don't want them playing six or three games in six days. And they don't want to like up the, you know, percentage of possibly exposing themselves. So I think most conferences are getting the hint that like, Hey, these regular season games don't matter. And if you're a team that is got your spot solidified in the tournament, just keep practicing and doing your thing. So like Baylor, like that's one of the team that, yeah, uh, you know, just, they don't need to play. Just yeah, just just let low. Like you guys got a bit. And mm -hmm. it was kind of like the way it's described, it almost feels like it's like written like WWE, like where like there's the guy in the back getting ready to go into the elimination chamber and he gets attacked yeah. backstage and the new guy walks and walks down the aisle. Like right. is that is that what the NCAA tournament is yeah. in an extent in this case and COVID is like the heel, like right. not Duke's, to <laughs> Duke's gonna be sitting in the shadows and just take somebody out. <laughs> They're gonna lose the Royal Rumble spot, and Duke's gonna walk in at like number two. It's gonna be unreal. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I'm excited. Um, the fans being allowed to is, is that's another. I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but you're starting to see more and more universities allowing fans, you know, the Reds around here, um, allowing 30% fans at least at opening day, which, you know, the hope with vaccinations and, you know, the cases going down that we can get more and more people there. Because I feel like the tickets are going to be pretty hard to get at first. Yeah. I think once you get in like the summer months, it'll be pretty easy. But yeah, the NCAA tournament having fans is going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be nice to have an atmosphere, especially when it's going to be nice when it's not just the player's parents. It's yes. more like fans. So like when an underdog is beating a higher seed, like you're going to get those fans rallying around that team, which is that's like some of the best moments of March Madness. It's, like it I is. remember like off the top of my head when middle Tennessee state beat um, 
Michigan State. My actually mm-hmm. one of my good friends, Jake, was at that game. He was watching Easter and play Kansas, and he said like the environment was crazy because like everybody was pulling from Middle Tennessee State. I've been to a couple games where like, you know, it, when the whole arena takes on a team, it's very fun to watch. Um, so it'll be nice to have that aspect of it back. But I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a scot free last week of the tournament or last week of the regular season next week. And a lot of the conference tournaments are starting anyway next week. So hopefully, you know, in two three weeks once we start those got a clear cut picture because if those go smooth like this first couple ones go smooth i think the whole ncaa will go smooth because they just got to essentially get to indianapolis yeah just get to indy and you know get in there. get tested and then for the love of god just i think this stay your hotel bad, this sounds bad for me i think the, once they get them there and they're tested like ncaa it's like ah we're not even gonna test anymore wink wink and they're gonna get the tournament played so yeah and then obviously the women's tournament being in san antonio same case because huh, if we have a if we have a situation where we don't see Paige Buchers play in a tournament, then like we are all robbed. Right. So, she's, she's a bucket. Yeah. She's incredible. So, um, hey, let's kind of go through some games in the past couple years since we last recorded. I know you wanted to specifically talk about Ohio State and Michigan on Sunday, right. which was, you know, probably the game of the year regular season wise so far. Um, just really terrific down the stretch, really close game. And I'm at this point now between Ohio State and Michigan where, if you tell me Gonzaga and Baylor are one and two, obviously I'm going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. If you tell me that Michigan and Ohio State will end up being the other two one seeds, I'm probably going to agree with you. Just Michigan where I stand right now. Yeah. Michigan, definitely. They're going to win the Big Ten. Um, looks like they'll, you know, if they, they don't have to win the Big Ten tournament or anything, but they look like they'll be in position to do that. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to watch them. But right, they're they're clear cut three and four. Um, Ohio State didn't fall off the rankings this year, or this week, even though they lost. I think it's, a, you know, that was a game that, that was like one of the first games I watched this year that like every possession mattered, like Ohio yeah. State would score, Michigan would score. And then if Michigan scored twice in a row, it was like, oh man, like Ohio State better answer. It was a really good game. I, Michigan, like, listen, I love Roy Williams. I love like, I love everything about Carolina and old school coaches, but like that just shows like where the game is going. Like Carolina mm-hmm. still tries to run a two, two bigs in their offense, which works when like we control the tempo and we control the offensive sets and stuff. But watch 10 minutes of a Michigan game so many dynamic sets they the spacing in college is atrocious on most levels but michigan yes. does a great job of spacing them out isaiah livers is able to beat his defender off the off the dribble um you know shawnee brown from wake forest is a great transfer that came in but they they run nba sets and i would like i love juan howard at michigan i think he's a great fit for the program obviously it was on one of the most iconic teams maybe in ncaa basketball history um let alone i mean so let alone in michigan history so having him there to write the ship is going to be awesome he's building the number one recruiting class next year off a team that was picked to finish fifth or sixth in the Big Ten this year, and next year was supposed to be the year, they're already going to be so much better next year. But I'd be very surprised if the NBA teams don't start calling on him because he's too damn good of a coach to be coaching in college basketball. And well, they're so interview for the Lakers, remember, before he got the Michigan job. Yeah. And yeah, to talk about, like, like you said, like next year, like Musa Diabite is awesome. He's Caleb so Houston. Good. Yes. Yep. And they're still in the running for Chet Holmgren. I know it's like pretty much set in stone. He's going to Gonzaga in a lot of people's eyes, but there's, you know, a lot of talk is they're still in this. And if Dickerson leaves, I can see it. If he doesn't, then I think he'll probably go out West. So, but yeah, I mean, even we'll talk about Ohio State too. I love Chris Holtman. He's on my Mm -hmm. like short list of guys I want to coach at Carolina after Roy retires. Um, which if you watch 10 minutes of a North Carolina game lately, it might be sooner than later. Um, but we'll talk about that later. But I love Ohio State. EJ Liddell's really good. Dwayne Washington's really good. Um, you know, they're they're another veteran team that doesn't seem to be phased by the moment, which is nice. 
um, especially going into March. But they're a team that, you know, just played a tough game against Michigan. Michigan's the hottest team in the country, I think. And sometimes the balls don't bounce that way. And Justin Aaron's tried to – or Justin Sewing tried to throw a behind-the-back pass that Isaiah Livers took to the other end and dunked it for an A1. And after that, pretty much the game was uh, – was over with, but I think they're a team that you don't want to see in your bracket. Um, obviously, we'll get into that closer to the selection Sunday, but they're a team that, you know, they, they can play with anybody. They can play at any tempo, So and they're well coached, so I think they're a team to watch out for. And once again, the day we're recording a pod, they're playing tonight after we're off the air. So, yeah, and Michigan, and about the tip in an hour is Michigan and Iowa. Yeah, so, and then Ohio State, Michigan State's at 9 o'clock. So, right. it's so like, both are going to lose after we talked about yes, football day. Yes, exactly. What's going to happen. <laughs> Yes, right. exactly that point. And then I saw like Michigan plays Michigan State twice in the year. They play yeah, on March fourth I mean, and March seventh. Yeah, that'll be weird. Yeah, and then you know, like you kind of mentioned the Big Ten, where you know it's obviously been very, uh, very skilled conference. It's been the conference in college basketball so far this year. Um, you know, Iowa's obviously there. That's a big game tonight that we're talking about that will be done by the time you guys hear this on Friday. So, um, you know, we're not going to record the second like Michigan or Iowa one. We're just kind of going to roll with it but also you know like a team like wisconsin who i know is in the bottom of the top 25 right now but still really good um you just saw and it's you know we're seeing a lot this week and this is kind of all around we can kind of use this as it's like transition to our next topic is just like all these upsets and you start with illinois the other day with michigan state beating them um and ayo donsumu getting a nose a broken nose which is just Great news, wonderful news for Illinois as they're having just this unbelievable season. Um, and it feels like it's like we're at the point. I know we're, we're, you know, we're trying to keep everything till selection Sunday as far as like speculating what and who and everything like that. But I am at the point now where, you know, obviously you got to probably about nine Big Ten teams in and you can make a case for Rutgers. You can make a case for Indiana and Maryland. And I think Rutgers is in. I think, I think you're going to get, I mean, you'll get, I think they'll get eight or nine solid in minnesota indiana are the guys that on the bubble that might need to worry but yeah, it's been the best conference all year um not really a surprise when you look at the top teams michigan um iowa illinois ohio state all gonna be top two or three seats in the tournament yeah um iowa's got the player of the year big 10 i think it's gonna be weird that the big 10 player of the year is gonna be io and then the national player of the year is gonna be luca um and it's rightfully deserved luca had a case last year to win it um mm -hmm. it went to obi toppin and then this year luca's numbers are I mean, out of this world. So you got to give it to them. But um, the pretty fun conference. The conference tournament in Indy this year is going to be really fun to watch. I'll be curious if they allow fans into that too, just because yeah. the amount of money they can make off that. But that's going to be super fun to watch because those first, it's like the Big East when the Big East is really good. That first day, you know, you get the ACC when like Thursday of the games at noon. It's kind of, there's usually one game at night that's good. But that first day of the Big Ten tournament, it's going to be good game. It's a good game because when you got 10 good teams in the league, like they're bound to play each other in the first round. So, It'll be pretty fun to watch them. They've been the definitely the best conference. I think the most competitive conference has been the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, even with like Baylor, Baylor, West Virginia, West Virginia has been rolling lately. Oklahoma's really good. They just lost uh, kind of an easy game against Kansas State. Um, Kansas has been good. Texas has had some um, some trouble, but just a solid year out of there. The Big Twelve, the SEC, and the ACC have been pretty down. Um, especially look at last night where North Carolina's fourth in the ACC. And they bring a team and they, they schedule a game against Marquette, which really wouldn't have done much for them if they won. Um, they're just trying to get a game in before Saturday and they end up, you know, blowing up, blowing their wad and losing, you know, by 13. So uh, to a bad Marquette team in the Big E. So that's just showing you kind of where the ACC's at this year. They're probably only going to have one team ranked next year or next week with Florida State. So 
the kind of the leagues are different about around, but if you want, I, I kind of want to spend a few minutes on, um, I mean, we can talk real quick about the ending of the big 10. I think, you know, Michigan will probably win the big 10. I think mm-hmm. a random, I, I think a, a random team will win the big 10 tournament. I could see Illinois winning it. Cause they're a scrappy team that can kind of get hot. Typical um, Brad Underwood. Like yeah. when he has talent, Right. makes things happen yeah right totally i feel like a run like he'll buy, get them to buy in um and that you know they could if, if they get hot and they finished a year out you know if io didn't get hurt i could see them getting finished the year out strong and then maybe one of the big 10 they could be that last one seed um so i think ohio state and michigan i think michigan baylor and gonzaga are the three that are like the number one seed no matter what and then that fourth one seed could be any of um it could be like Villanova if they win the Big East tournament. It could be, you know, one of Illinois, Ohio State. I think it'll be one of Illinois, Ohio State, depending on how well they do there. So, but kind of my next thing I want to talk about is just the Big 12. I don't know if you've been watching many of their games. But, well, yeah, I was um, going to bring up, um, I saw Oklahoma, I watched Monday night when Oklahoma State beat Texas Tech. Yep. And obviously that was like a really good game. And Kate Cunningham is freaking, you know, Penny Hardaway. Right. Right. So, like. Yeah, he's been really good. The the West Virginia actually just they were they were on their Texas. They were down 18. Um, started the second half against Texas last Saturday. Ended up winning, uh, come back. Sean hit a three in the corner, and that caused Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey when they were going to their timeout. They got in each other's faces, and they actually had to be held back by like their whole coaching staff. Like they were going at each other. Like so, they got held back. And after that, West Virginia ended up going like a 16 to four run, taking the lead. They won that game right before overtime. It was a really big win for them. They play Kansas State this weekend, and they play Baylor next week at home. And I think that might be Baylor's um, last opportunity to, like, go into the season undefeated because I think Baylor will handle Kansas pretty easily. But West Virginia has been really good. Uh, Sean's been averaging 18 points a game the last six games. Deuce McBride's been just unbelievable. If you haven't been familiar with him, you need to watch a West um, Virginia game. Yeah, Kid he's from very lights it up past Sherman, another guy that's been killing it. And I think it's a credit to Huggins because as um, – you know, they lose Oscar Shibwe because the UK middle of the year transfers out and, you know, a big loss. They lose Isaiah Cottrell, tears his ACL, a guy that, you know, provided nice backup minutes. So when you lose your main starting center, you expect your backup to fill in. They will lose him. Um, Derek Culver's been really good for them. West Virginia's a scrappy team. They're not the press Virginia that you're used to hearing that's going to muck it up and play a game in the 50s. Um, they're a really good team that can space the floor and they can shoot the lights out. So they're really fun to watch. They'll be a fun team to follow this March. So, but like everything in the Big 12, it starts with the Baylor. Um, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, uh, the team is full of just studs and they know their role and they're really good. So it'd be interesting to see how they close the year out. Can't wait for the game against West Virginia, but I got big, I got Baylor finishing out probably in the big 12 regular season. Then I got Baylor finishing out, um, you know, in, in the AC in a big 12 tournament as well. So I assume you do too. Yeah. It's, you know, at this point, this feels like the writing's on the wall, just for how good they are. Right. Um, now, now like, you know, all the points you mentioned about West Virginia, hundred percent accurate. If there's a case next week where like West Virginia just stretches them out on the floor and they can't like, they can't fill the gaps and keep up with everybody. I can totally see that happening. Like you said, the way right. that Huggins has coached this team with everything they've gone through, I think it's one of his better coaching jobs he's done probably since the Final Four team in 2010. Um, you know, just a skill set of guys, the way he's developing guys, you know, like you said, like Deuce McBride. Um, yes, obviously being a local kid, um, we're always going to kind of pay a little bit more attention to him because he's from our, our home area. But the skill set, the talent level, you see why people have him on their NBA boards right now. Uh, there's a potential early second round, late first rounder. Um, you know, Sean McNeil, like you mentioned, obviously we're always going to keep an eye on him. I know he's a, a really good friend. And this kind of goes back to, you know, my Ken Palm theory, where I always look at like how teams rate they're 10th in the country on offensive efficiency and they're 67th on defense. So they're 
upper average defensively right. and score really well offensively, obviously. So I, that's a team I really like. Um, if you are wondering at home, this is how they have them project. They have them project to go three and one the rest of the year. Um, obviously, they believe they'll handle Kansas State, give them a 94% chance of winning that. 3% chance that they will beat Baylor. They have them losing by six. Uh, have them beating TCU by 14, have them beating Oklahoma State by five. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what a 19 and seven regular season for, you know, having, ha- having a couple stoppages as well. Yeah. You know, that's pretty awesome. So I, I really like this team. I think that they're a team, like you said, like they're on that, like, they're a major conference. So putting them in this group with other teams that I'm about to is this is my team's like, don't, you don't want to match up with them the brackets. So like them. Yeah. Obviously like, I don't want to line up against West Virginia. I don't want that matchup. Um, St. Bon, St. Bonaventure this year has been terrific. Um, I know they're the A-10 and, you know, like the A-10 just had Dayton last year, who was going to be a one seed. Um, but this team is really fun and scored, scores literally well. And also, you know, not to kind of, piggyback off a couple of years ago with their final four run, but this Loyola Chicago team is better than that team that went to the right. final four. So right. like, those are the three teams that I'm like, do, you know, like if I, you know, if I'm like, if I'm like Xavier, that's the teams like, I don't want to see on the other side of me in the bracket, but um, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I just feel like all this, you know, this group, this talent level is just pretty spectacular. So, and you know, Kate Cunningham being there. I know everyone always like is keep an eye on him because of his NBA prospects. They're so loaded for up and down. I know Kansas has been up and down, but they're a team that Bill self for some reason, or another in conference tournaments, you can always count on. Um, I don't know so much about uh, NCAA tournaments themselves and, you know, Shaka smart has definitely saved his job this year. So um, right. with the talent level he has. So I, yeah, I'm really excited for the big 12 tournament. I think it's going to be one. that's a lot of fun. Yep, I'm with you. We'll, get, we'll touch on the last, like, we'll talk on the Big East and the SEC and the ACC real quick. We won't spend as much time. Um, yeah, the Big East, I'll kind of let you go from there. I mean, is it just, is it really Villanova? I mean, I've, I've kept my tabs on it, um, but I'm just kind of lo- looking at you. Is it really, I know Xavier's been kind of deflating the last couple of games lately, coming off of pauses and whatnot. But I feel really good about Creighton. Um, yeah. You know, they're 17 and five. Um, they're 11th in the country in offense, 40th in defense. And, you know, they've got all those dudes that came back. You know, Marcus Zagorowski has been awesome for them. Christian Bishop's been really good for them. Uh, Denzel Mahoney has been a guy who's been really good for them. You Mitch know, Ballack. Mitch Ballack is not even fair some nights. And yeah. their schedule is pretty favorable the rest of the way. Their last three games, well, they have Nova, so I shouldn't really say that. But they have Xavier, Nova, and Butler. And, you know, like you said, Xavier's been very up and down. Um, they've really dealt. Like, you can see the effect of having all those stoppages. Because when they were playing seven, eight times, two or three times a week, like they were terrific. They were shooting everyone out of the gym. And now it's like that they, it seems like they can't get back in a consistent rhythm. They look really bad defensively. Um, I know, you know, when I'm on these pressures with Travis at the end of the games, he's pissed. Right. And um, like, you know, you get it when you watch them. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you mentioned obviously Villanova is a team that everyone's always going to watch where they always have that, you know, obviously this year it's Colin Gillespie, but they're so deep with guys, you know, Justin Moore. Um, they're 16th in the country and off 14th in the country in offense, 30th in defense. You know, they play a lot. They play a really good schedule. Um, so I really count on Villanova to be terrific as always. Um, sorry, I had that wrong. They're 15th and 60. They're fifth on offense, and 63rd on defense. So wow. big difference. Um, their last three games, Butler, Creighton, Providence. And so those are some good big games. So I think it's down to those two. Um, under the radar team to look out for in the Big East tournament is probably going to be a team like 
you know, UConn, obviously, because James Booknight is probably the best pro prospect in the conference. Um, and he's back and they've played really well. You know, they got, they've had some losses here and there. Um, I, I'm learning more and more that people in our area do not like Dan Hurley. And, um, oh, yeah, I, right. I kind of love him, honestly. Yep. Like, I definitely agree that he is a lunatic, but <laughs> he's very enjoyable to watch when, like, in, right. cover, in the games and stuff. And, like, I love his energy. And, like, he has a lot of fun with his, with his players. So, you know, those are probably the three teams I would, I would give, like, the best bet to as far as to win the, win the tournament. Yeah, I think it'll be one of Creighton Villanova, like you said. Um, they've been pretty got dominant this year, and I, I'm excited to watch them play again. It sucks with the pauses that you might not get both teams at their top potential, but I think one of those teams will probably win the regular season as well as the Big East tournament as well. So, all right, we'll touch on the SEC real quick. Um, I mean, I think Arkansas, though, kind of – we'll spend 10 seconds on this. Arkansas is a shoe-in to win the regular season. Even yep. though they lost last night against um, – or, sorry, Alabama is a shoe-in to win the SEC regular season. Um, even though they lost last night at Arkansas, it was a pretty Shout competitive out Jaylen game. Jalen Tate hitting some big threes. Yeah, the must bust, man. He, I'm yeah. telling you, say what you want about him, but the guy, like, his system works in college. Like, yes, it once does. again, spacing. If you give these kids space to shoot the basketball, the good things will happen. Um, very fun conference to watch. Honestly, UK has been down, but they're playing better the last couple games. Um, big game against Florida this week, and then they end the season next week against um, – just looking at today i forget who they end the season with i think it's old miss and i think there's only one game i think they play old miss um but yeah they're in old miss south carolina okay so they can win all three um problem is they still got to win the sec tournament to get in but you know winning these games is not going to improve your draw you want to try to avoid bama or arkansas until the later rounds i think they can beat lsu again i think they can definitely beat georgia Ole miss some of these teams but um, it'll be interesting to see. I think for the SEC tournament, I have to wait to see the bracket first just because I got to see where UK is. But I wouldn't be surprised if UK, Alabama, or Tennessee, or Arkansas win it. I know that's saying like the obvious, but I would I really wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky wins it. They're playing hot at the right time. And I think they're getting, you know, their, their, their confidence together, playing more as a team. But, um, you yeah, know, I wouldn't get your hopes up yet if you're Big Blue Nation. But I think, you know, the, the writing on the wall is there. You still got to win the SEC tournament. So, just hope you're playing your best ball in that week and, you know, down in Nashville, it'll be rocking for you guys. So. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm really feeling this Arkansas thing right now, man. Um, with Moses I, Moody I so. and Jalen yeah. Tate, I just think that they're super good. Um, obviously they're winning a ton of games. They're, they're stretched down the rest of the years, LSU, South Carolina, and Texas A&M. LSU is right. probably gonna be the one game. It's going to be the one game that gives them trouble there, but that is, that's a home game. So, you know, you have that yeah. in your favor. So um, I like that team a lot, man. I just feel like, like you said, the spacing just does so much for them. Uh, Moody, Jalen Tate, Justin Smith, J.D. Note, like all those guys just really you know, give Arkansas this like upper edge and their offense is excellent. So, yeah, I'm all in for that. I, I like that team a lot. Um, you know, any other, any other conferences you want to touch on real quick? Maybe like, I feel like the Pac-12 is kind of like, eh. uh, We'll talk on the ACC real quick. Um, yeah. Just because – I, obviously, the regular season is going to come down to Virginia Tech or Virginia Tech, Florida State or Virginia. Um, obviously, if Virginia losing last night to NC State probably solidifies Florida Florida State to win the conference. Yet How again. does that happen, by the way? What? How do they lose to NC State when you don't score seventy points a game? Uh, when the other team starts when they your pack line defense can't stop the outside, like it, it's going to you know they were down they were down ten points three or four minutes at the end of the game, and they you know that offense can't sustain that kind of run. Um, 
they couldn't do it when they had Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. So they let alone yeah. they can't do it when they have Kia Clark and Jay Huff. Um, I don't think Virginia is that great. I think they'll be one of the teams that'll be probably upset early on. Um, but this is a very bad ACC. So I'm the, I'll call a spade a spade. North Carolina's not very good. Duke's not very good. NC State's not very good. You know, Miami's atrocious. Boston College is atrocious. Like Notre Dame's Louisville. not very good. Louisville's okay. I mean, they've coming off a of COVID pause where they got beat by 47 by Carolina Saturday, and then they be, they beat Notre Dame Tuesday. Um, I think you'll get four or five teams in. I think you'll get Florida State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, who's decent. Florida, Louisville and North Carolina will probably get in unless Carolina really, like, loses two out of the last three. Um, Duke's probably going to have to win the ACC tournament to get in, which they very well can. They lost Jalen Johnson playing pretty well. But if Duke's on the close on the bubble, they're getting in. Yeah. Just like if Kentucky was – if all Kentucky had to do was be – couple games over 500 with some decent wins they were getting in the ncaa is not that's why i think north carolina is going to get in i don't think they're a great tournament team but i think if they're close enough and they can put them in over a you know let's say a colorado or a stanford like they're putting carolina in money and fans drives it and that's why especially Um, with the tournament being in one location yes like fans yes it's easy place to have revenue yeah i totally agree and not to mention you know you talked about like with you know being a weak you know, week ACC this year. And you talked about like Duke and that like line. So like, I figured after Duke beat Virginia over the weekend that that was there like, all right, we have our excuse to put Duke in now. They're, right. Duke they're- plays Louisville Saturday at home. And they, I know they play one more game between that and they play Carolina and Carolina plays Florida state this Saturday after losing to Marquette. I, I mean, I don't know what to expect. It could be, you know, could be an ass kicking they needed to have. Then they play well Saturday, but they end the season with Florida state at home at Syracuse than Duke at home. So they got I think they got to win two out of three. I don't think they have to beat Florida State. I think they have to beat Syracuse and Duke. And then I think if they beat Syracuse and Duke, then no matter what they're in. Uh, or like I don't think they'll have to win a game or two in the conference tournament. But you lose two out of three of those, then you gotta start you gotta win one or two games in the ACC tournament to to really do. And it just boils down to the fact that like, you know, we can talk all day, but if you're a team averaging 10 to 12 losses this season, you're not very good anyway. So and just, I haven't, I mean, last year was a terrible year for Carolina. This year is not very good. Like we're above, we're barely above 500 the last two years. It's been a pretty shitty year. Um, COVID or not, you don't have, these freshmen don't have time to develop. They don't have time to practice. They don't have the time to interact. They're not really having the full college experience. So I think that will lead into a lot of teams, a lot of players leaving early and opting out of school. I think these kids are like, you know what? I don't want to sit in my dorm all day and go to practice and go to the game and be told what I can and can't do. I'm going to go try to play in the G League because – as you know, it doesn't – only, you know, 60 people are drafted every year, but it doesn't matter. These kids still leave, and they still find a spot on a G League roster, and they try to develop themselves, or they go overseas. So, but kind of wrap it up real quick, and that was kind of like a tangent because North Carolina is probably going to lose a lot of players, even though they're not very good. Um, I think it'll be Florida State that wins the regular season. I think – I don't know who's going to win the ACC tournament. Maybe Florida State again. They're the best team, but they've only played – this is the crazy part. If, how many games right now? I'm going to look up how many games they play. I know the answer to this. Let me see. Florida State. Florida State. Sorry, this is great podcasting. Um, they're 14 and three. How many road games have they played this year out of 17 games? Four. It's exactly right. Four. <laughs> I guess. Crazy. Four. So, like, that's why I'm like, you know what? Maybe we can beat Florida State Saturday because they've only played four games on the road. So, it's like, it's just a crazy year. Like, uh, North Carolina's played seven home games. Florida State's played set 13 home games. Like, just wild. Um, just, that's why you don't know with conference tournament. You don't know with the NCAA tournament. You know, these 
it's all, it's all kind of up in the air. So I'll pick Florida State to win both just for a very bad ACC, and then next year will be somewhat back to normalcy there for him. So. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with you on those two as well. Um, yeah, pretty clear cut. Can we can we touch real quick on Roy's presser last night? Because oh. that was awesome. That was so yeah, good. I mean, like, I said at the beginning of the podcast, like, they scheduled last week, they they were supposed to play, um, God, my, not Miami. It wasn't Miami. Yeah, it was Miami, I think. No. Was it Boston College? Boston College was yesterday. Okay. It was somebody before that. Um, forget who. But the game got canceled. Um, just be a home game. They, they ended up canceling the game. So Roy reached out to Northeastern. We ended up playing Northeastern. That's where they were covering on Twitter, beat them. They're, they're like a solid a top 100 team in the net. It gave us like a quality two or three win, whatever. So this week, just to play Boston College, schedule game with Marquette. Uh, ended up being a quadrant three win, which I don't even care about that kind of stuff. Like, end of the day. Did you win? Annoyed. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. It was a lose-lose situation. We beat them. Nothing really gained. You're just gaining traction. We just came off a 45-point victory against Louisville. Um, like not exaggerating 45 points um, yes. playing Marquette ended up losing that game by 13. So now it's a quadrant three home loss, which we weren't on the bubble, but that loss puts us back towards the bubble. We're not on the bubble now still, but like that goes from, cause they were firmly as like an eight or nine seed. Now we're talking, you know, seven or 10, 10, 11 seed. So Xavier, North uh, Xavier, North Carolina in the first four games. God, kill me, kill me before that happens. I would. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah, now, so we end up losing that. Now we've like, so at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt us in the conference standing. We're still fourth in the ACC. As long as we get a double buy, I'm, I'm excited with it. Um, but yeah, like now we got to play Florida State Saturday. And if we beat Florida State, it's all forgiven. We beat Florida State Saturday. That's a quadrant one home victory. And they're in the tournament. Like no matter what happens against Syracuse, no matter what happens against Duke, they're in. And that, you know, we're still moving up the standings. But Roy's presser last night, they asked him, you know, like, hey, like, you, you know, do you have any regrets scheduling this game? And he's like, well, if I hindsight, he's like hindsight's useless. He's like, if I know we were going to lose the game, of course I wouldn't have scheduled it. If I know we we're going to beat, win the game, I'd have scheduled the freaking Lakers. Like, it's just, he's like, I knew Carolina fans ain't that stupid, which they are. They're that stupid. Every fan base has idiots in their, fa- like, you know, so it's one of those things that I'm exhausted this year watching them. They, I, I've never seen a team that can look so good and then so bad on two days rest. It's just, it's the turnovers, the lack of shooting, the lack of developing is just like how we have a starting small forward and leaky black who has scored five points in four games. Like, like not five points in each game, five points over four games. And two, uh, there were two dunks and then and one, he had a free throw. It's just like, you can't have a three in college basketball that can't score. And we have one that is supposed to be this lockdown defender that couldn't stop me out there. So pretty frustrating this year. Um, Roy's going through it. He looks horrible on the bench. I, I, I think we're getting close to the end of him and Coach K. I mean, he's, he's old, got that drip so. though. I know. God, sign me up for that. But I'm all give me Brad Stevens or Jay Wright to North Carolina. If if Jay Wright comes to North Carolina, I will be the most insufferable fan for, <laughs> for the rest of my will. life. Yeah, it'll be amazing. You will uh, for sure. Yeah. I, I was in. You know, let's talk about this real quick before we move on, just because I want to want to get this out there because. um you know, Kentucky's had a rough year, as we've very much documented. Not sadly at all. We've not been disappointed in it. Nope. And um, a video recently during the Carolina-Louisville game Saturday and there, of uh, Chris Mack hanging out with his buddy Eric Wood at his, at his house. Yeah. At his house, mind you. Playing a little joke on old buddy Kenny Payne uh, about how Kentucky no longer runs Louisville and how it, Kenny Payne was the one who got all those wins for UK, which kind of true. 
Sorry, yeah. guys. Very good assistant. I think it's funny because people don't get the context. Like Eric Wood is a good friend of Kenny Payne. So yeah. that's the joke is Eric Wood doing that Chris Mack in the background. Like, you know, UK fans see that and start freaking out or people start freaking out. It's like, <laughs> like hey, I hate him the- now. I hate him. Yeah. Like, that's the joke. Like, and the fact that Chris Mack had to apologize is bogus. Like, it's one of those things. Like, I didn't mean it. Like, with malicious intent against Calipari. It's like, of course you did, dude. It's a joke. It's a rivalry. You meant to send that as a joke to Kenny Payne. It's a rivalry. It got out. Like, it is funny the timing of that came out. UK beats yeah. the breaks off Tennessee at Tennessee, and then North Carolina beats the breaks off Louisville, and then that video gets resurfaced. But one of those things, Chris Mack, I mean, the people coming after him for COVID and the not wearing the mask, like, get out of here. I don't care. Like, I'm here to cover college basketball. I'm here to watch college basketball. Like, if you want to watch all that other stuff, like, it's very serious. You should be taking care of, like, taken seriously, all that stuff. But, like, in that video, he's at his house surrounded by his buddy. Like, it just is what it is. Like, so, um, I mean, it's a funny video. It's like a WWE, like old school promo where he's in the <laughs> back, like just yelling and whooping around. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny to see. So it, it's, it's the best rivalry on Twitter, but on the basketball court, it's pretty one-sided by UK. So it's good to see, uh, it's good to see, uh, could you imagine Roy and Coach K doing that? Would that be fun? <laughs> oh my God. Roy would like, Roy wouldn't know how to work a phone and Coach K would <laughs> be somewhere in the dark like Dracula. So yeah, probably you know, trashing some student for a question he had. Oh, yeah. Ripping Jalen Johnson and then tweeting <laughs> his, his endeavors, future endeavors. So, yeah. All right, man. So let's kind of talk real quick before we get done with this uh, game to look forward to this week. I'm gonna get, I had them on my list. And of course, once again, my phone never fails to disappoint me and get rid of them. Um, you know, I think uh, the big, you know, tomorrow, Friday night, not that anyone's going to be up at 9 p.m. on CBS Sports, but if you guys want to watch Loyola Chicago, this is your chance. They're 19 and four. They are on a, you know, they just lost to Drake the other day by one in overtime. But other than that, they've been on a major win streak, um, beating Bradley, Valpo, Missouri State, Evansville. Beat Drake um, the first game. Yeah. And so they've yeah. got, they're starting their Twitter weekend series of Southern Illinois tomorrow at nine. They play at six. So you have two chances to watch them this weekend. Um, they're a really good mid-major team. Yes, they were a Final Four team last year. They're even better than that team, like I said earlier in the in the episode. Um, so look for guys like Cameron Crutwig, Lucas Williamson, Tate Hall, all playing really well for them. So that's a team to watch out for. Um, also a team that if you're filling out a bracket, which, you know, chances are you are if you're listening to this show, you want to have them somewhere going, you know, probably making a decent run. Um, and then Saturday, we got Texas, Texas Tech. It's a good one. Excited about yep. that game. Uh, we got Illinois, Wisconsin. Obviously, it takes a little bit of a step back with Iowa being out. And then we have you North know, Carolina, like, Florida State. That's a good one. <laughs> and we got Baylor, Kansas. Yeah, that'd be a really good one. Yeah. So, anything else? Any other games you're looking forward to? I could have said uh, Xavier Creighton, week. but I'm not very optimistic about Xavier Creighton. Yeah. Is that like a listen, not to be cynical? And I know Xavier no. Twitter is like a cesspool, just like North Carolina. The, like, I'm like, I'm sure I don't know if everybody else does this if they're listening. Like, I get on like Inside Carolina, which is like their 247 sports website. Mm-hmm. You pay for the subscription, you read on the boards, you chat with some other fans and stuff. Really good for recruiting news, really good for like transfers and stuff like that. You get a lot of information there. But like, when they lose, like the trolls, and it's just a cesspool. And it's like, dude, like, I'll read five, 10 minutes, I'll post on there. And it's like, I got to get off because it's like, it's the fire Roy crowd. It's this. Like, but. Getting into that, I know Twitter has been pretty bad for Xavier fans lately. Is Saturday like a must win for not must win, but like it's still running out of these games where it's like, hey, like because like Carolina and Xavier are very similar, where it's like, hey, like Xavier ended the year pretty crummy last year. And like I know that they were talked about maybe getting in, but 
that wasn't a definite guarantee. Yeah, it I wasn't. Mean, obviously, Carolina wasn't going to make it last year. So if you know if things start to go bad for both these programs, are we looking at like you know, hey, two bad years of not making the tournament in a row? Do you think you know the, the seat for Steel is getting a little hotter? Or do you think it's like one of those things that they just keep trusting the process with the weird year with COVID? Like I know they're not going to fire him, but like as this a like a, a he needs a, a resume builder, I guess. I mean, this obviously, if they win this game, I think that seals them. Um, yes. So I think they're in no matter what, but I'm just saying for Xavier and Travis Steele. I don't think so, man. Um, here's yep. the other thing too, like, you know, Travis obviously loves the job he has, but he's done such a good job of putting a team together. So if you look right now and you watch this team after Paul Scruggs, you know, it's Zach Fremantle, it's Dwan Odom, it's Kiki Tandy, it's Colby Jones, it's Adam Kunkel. It's all guys that he brought in. Yep. So you know, obviously he was there in the staff and, you know, Paul, you know, he was, he was one of the guys who recruited Paul to come to Xavier when he was an assistant for Mac. Um, but he's really finally getting like his whole group of guys and that starts next year. So I think next year is going to be like the, I wouldn't, I'm never going to speculate on should a man lose his job. I just, I don't feel right. that's right. I don't feel that's fair. Um, but I feel like next year with all these guys and, you know, obviously the extra year of eligibility for these guys. So um, I'm not hundred percent certain if that means Nate Johnson will be back next year, that'd be awesome. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's, he's it been terrific. On the kid. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, so I think next year kind of is going to be that first year, but there are things where, you know, as a spectator, you kind of take into question, um, you know, CJ Welcher not playing at all in the second half last night was weird. Um, yep. But, you know, it's, that's his, that's, you know, how he does things. And I think he's done a pretty good job there of all things considered, you know, having three stoppages for COVID and, you know, still, having a good record, you know, especially considering they played their first eight games, like in three weeks and yep. then kind of like, you know, so they got very they tired out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, man, I don't, I'm not there yet. I don't think, I mean, I, I, well, are I, I wasn't saying more there definitely are Xavier fans that are feeling that way. Um, yeah. but you know, I think like a lot of things too, and this is no disrespect. I love passionate fans, but like, sometimes I think Xavier fans think that the program is Duke. Sometimes I think they yep. think they're North Carolina and like where it's yep. like, this is unacceptable. And like, yeah, it can be fr- I, being frustrated as a fan when your team's not doing well. is fine. But like, you guys aren't, multi- you guys don't have multiple national title banners in your, in your arena. And like, you guys are a very good program. Um, so, you know, could they have been like, you know, is there a route where Xavier could have been Gonzaga? Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, but you know, not this year because Gonzaga is just out of this world, but like in general is what I mean. Right. So yeah, but yeah, man, yeah, no, I, I, think I think it's, it's there. I, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, like, like, I think Carolina's barely got like three or four games over 500 to compare the last two years. Like last year was a terrible year. We had a bad roster. Cole Anthony got hurt. We relied on transfers that weren't very good this year. I mean, I don't think any team should be not punished this year. I think this year was just a weird year, man. I think these yeah. kids, like it's a tough year for the kids. They It's class, it's dorm room, it's practice, it's that. And some kids are in it. Some kids aren't. Um, like I said, I still think you'll see a flux of talent leave just because they're like, you know, I'm not doing this again, but. I think it'll be two or three years before college basketball is really back to what it used to be and not having fans. Like I know you can say what you want, but Carolina has had zero fans, zero. And they're finally allowing fans in this weekend for the Florida state game. And then next weekend for the Duke game, which will be nice to see. So I think maybe that'll get some of the people going. Cause like last night, Carolina cut the lead to like five or six points, but then couldn't get over the hump. Cause you know, the crowd's not into it. It's one of those things. So, but we could spend hours on that. So. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> Xavier also, Marquette's going to have fans for the first time next week when Xavier comes to town. Yeah. And it's National Marquette Day. They yeah. don't lose on National Marquette Day. So, right. you know, it's just great. It's just great. So, yeah. 
Well, in that case, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of At Large Bid. Thank you all again for tuning in. Um, you know, like Taylor said, conference tournaments start some this week as like the Horizon as their first round games. Really, uh, next week though is the like the next week and the following week are the you know like the well two weeks is like the major conferences. But next week is that like there's nothing better when like there's no basketball on or there's it's slow games on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you get some championship games. You know, like oh wow, the, you just turn it on for the second half when it's a close game. So yeah. I'm with you. Everyone, thank you all for tuning in. Have a good night. And as we get closer to this, um, we're, we're excited. So it's Selection Sunday is not too far away.